Are you tired of people always telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. Are you ready to actually do something about it? Hi, I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the past 30 plus years, I've been blessed to speak and to impact thousands of people around the world. I've shared the stage with the world's top thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm also a personal development, lifestyle, and business coach, event producer, and entrepreneur with businesses in over 25 countries. I'm a wife and a proud mama to three and a bonus mom to one. Trust me when I tell you, it took me many years of buying into my old story of I'm not enough and lots of grit to finally let go of the BS. So I understand firsthand what it means and what it took. They don't call it the school of hard knocks for nothing. This podcast is my way of breaking down the BS filters of what we say, what we do, and how we interact with others. I will be sharing what worked for me, yet more importantly, what didn't work for me. This is a no fluff podcast where we will address real life issues, real issues that seem to surface when you least expect it, relationship conflict and breakdowns, and real solutions. I will share from my life experiences and those of other everyday heroes, as well as the world's top experts are all here to help you grow through the process of letting go and finally expressing your true voice, who you are and what you stand for. In a world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, it's hard to know what is real. And are you taking in so much information, but not applying what you've learned? In my life, I always look to the people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to get honest and forthcoming with me to help me grow through these challenges. Trust me, I've had them all, and I'm going to take the time to be as real as possible and get to solutions. I've had financial issues, parenting issues, marriage issues, emotional issues. You know, the list goes on. I've learned from my challenges, I've grown from them and continue to learn from them. I see them now as opportunities. With this podcast, we're gonna tune up our lives. I'll be your cup of espresso to get you through whatever you're going through in your life that's holding you back, to give you that confidence and trust of knowing someone is there to help and guide you, yet you have to do the work. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. All right. I am so excited. Two of my favorite things that we're going to be talking about today. I mean, and who would even know that they would be these two things in the same sentence? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So welcome everybody. I am. A, I can't wait to introduce you to Dr. Adarsh Mudgill. And are you ready for this? I don't think anybody has a resume quite like this because he is the guy from needles and injections to personal empowerment, coaching, and lectures. I, I come on, you've got to be the only person in the world who's got that on their on their bio. What do you think? I think I think so. I, hope I so. think so. <laughs> I think so as well. So, um, we are going to speak with him. You probably heard a little bit about him. You might know him from his popular pimple popping TikTok that my 13 year old daughter introduced me to. But I also do know about your mindfulness Instagram that has over, I think it has 184,000 followers. 
But what I love so much, we're going to talk a little bit about let's get it. Hustle and grind your way to personal empowerment. And we were just connecting just a minute ago about the whole thing. I got to tell you something really interesting. My boyfriend in college, his doctor was a dermatologist. And um, I would go in there and he, he said, Lauren, he goes, are you coming in here to like talk to me about like what's going on with your skin? Or are you talking to me about uh, what you can do to, with, with your relationship with my son? So I kind of understand how your pimple popping um, dermatology career <laughs> might go into personal empowerment. Can you tell me a little bit uh, about the book and what inspired you to do the book? So yeah, I'd love well, to hear first, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be chopping it up with you as well. Um, so yeah, so it, it's actually interesting what you just said. So I found myself through the years practicing, you know, obviously I'm in, I'm a dermatologist on fifth Avenue, in New York city. So I practice a lot of aesthetic medicine, you know, Botox fillers, lasers, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, I just, you, you develop like a real closeness with your patients you know, when you're a dermatologist because your patients come to see you frequently you kind of know a bit about their lives they know a bit about your life especially with social media and stuff like you know everyone kind of has a window into everyone's world like a little window at least and um yeah i found myself just talking to my patients obviously about whatever their aesthetics concerns were but just about other stuff like other stuff in their life and you know whether it was achieving goals regarding like weight loss or fitness or whatever was going on you know i had a, an amazing transformation myself over the course of the last like eight or nine years in terms of fitness and nutrition and stuff. And, uh, you know, I guess that's part of you, like you said, like when you're a dermatologist, you're almost like a, it's like a little bit of everything. Like you're, you're, you're a medical doctor, you, know, you take care of like rashes and skin cancers. You're also kind of like a, a bit of a plastic surgeon because you do a lot of cosmetic stuff. Um, and then you're like a bit of a psycho a psychiatrist, you know, because, you know, patients are talking about, about their concerns and, you know, a lot of aesthetic concerns kind of tie into stuff that's deeper. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, I, I, I've had so much fun practicing dermatology. It's been, it's been, you know, more than I could have ever asked for from any career. You know, I wouldn't change my day job for anything in the world. Uh, but how it kind of inspired this book was, <laughs> it's actually, I kind of had like a midlife crisis, I guess. And, uh, you know, I was in my early forties, I'm 45 now. So I was, about, I was 42 at the time. And, you know, very, I came from a very humble beginnings. I was over a million dollars in the hole when I started my practice on fifth Avenue. Um, and I developed like a very successful, you know, I'm one of the top dermatologists in New York city and on the most competitive market. And I developed a very successful practice. I have like a lot of like celebrity clientele. And, you know, I do, like I said, a lot of aesthetic services, and when I moved out, I have three kids. I moved out to Long Island, you know, living in a neighborhood that quite honestly, I used to work in as a kid. I used to come to this neighborhood because that's where the affluent people live for my jobs, the valley parking cars, you know, for like service, service industry jobs. And, uh, you know, I, I grew a practice out in Long Island as well, which is, you know, where I was, li where I'm living, where I live currently. So I had my two offices, had, a, you know, a bunch of docs and a bunch of st staff working for me. And it was the summer of 2017, and I was driving to my country club, a country club where I actually once valley parked cars when I was in college, in my Ferrari. Um, I was playing golf like multiple times a week. And, you know, quote unquote, I had arrived, quote unquote, in quotes, in very large quotes. And, you know, after a few weeks of like living that life, I realized that, you know, I can't do this for the next 40 years. I mean, this is not really what inspires me like i was living from outside looking in you know 
anyone looking at my life, we're like, wow, this guy has it all. He's got a beautiful wife, a beautiful house, beautiful kids, amazing fleet of cars, plays golf all the time, very successful businesses. And it's true. I, I would, that part of my life was very fulfilling. I worked really hard to get there, but it wasn't getting there. It wasn't being there. That was the part that I loved. It was the getting there was the part that I loved. And, um, you know, I was just started like really kind of looking sort of deeper within like, you know, what is, what do I want? What is my legacy? Like, what do I want my kids to remember about their dad? What do I want like society to remember me as, and, you know, just being a successful dermatologist wasn't enough for me. Um, you know, I really wanted to, I really wanted to, you know, in, in, in actuality and like the truth is I wanted to, I wish someone was able to talk to the eight year old me and like, tell me, you know, you can do anything. And it's really true. You can do anything as long as you are willing to work harder than anybody, get up earlier than anybody, go to sleep later than anybody. But the fact that I was living this life that I couldn't even imagine as a kid and, and, and you know, I exceeded whatever I, you know, six, whatever I deemed as, you know, financial success when I was a kid, I passed it like tenfold. And I never thought that was possible, um, but it was. And I, I learned by doing, you know, I, I work hard. I'm, I am the hardest working guy. I'm like the rock always says, I like to call myself the doc. Um, and it's amazing what was, I was able to accomplish. Even like, you know, I had an amazing fitness transformation where, you know, people will see me now and just think I was a guy who's always in shape and, you know, I was like an athlete and, and I wasn't, you know, I was a skinny fat guy. And when I was like in my late thirties, I decided to make a change. And I was very purposeful and intentful about it. And I was just amazed at what the physical transformation that I made. And I really started thinking about goals and goal setting and like, you know, how do you achieve goals? And I, I have a playbook and the book is literally my playbook of how to achieve goals. And I want to share that with as many people as possible because you can never, and you, you mentioned it you know, before we got on air, like, you know, you, you've worked with Tony Robbins and, you know, there's a lot of folks in this world that are looking to inspire folks. And, but, you know, you can never hear that message too many times because the particular way I'm saying it might affect someone that might resonate with somebody more than the way someone else is saying it. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, I, I, you know, I hear that, you know, I think that's so important. It's like everybody, I remember when I was teaching events um, in Fiji and I remember somebody made a comment, they go, well, uh, well, she's not Tony Robbins. I'm like, think I don't want to be Tony Robbins. I want to be me. I want to be the mom of three that's out there. That's in the, you know, that's in the trenches that shows that I'm a servant leader. Like you said, people are waiting to hear the message in different ways. You know, it's interesting because like, I love that. And, and that you were also talking, I was taking notes. I don't know if you saw that. I was taking notes while we were here because um, I love that you said, you know, that you're the hardest working person that you know, right? And that's really that hustle and grind has always been with you. It sounds like that hustle and grind has always been with you. So um, I would, I'd love to know more, a little bit more about your, your winning formula. Let me just, I'd love to know a little bit more about that winning formula that you found for yourself, because it sounds like you 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 made a decision early on too to really listen when your parents said you can do anything that you want you know well, i actually honestly that actually wasn't the case um and, and yeah it's a, so my mom is an amazing woman she's she's literally the most inspiring person I, my very first podcast is actually with my mom who's got an incredible story um and you know she's she was a single parent you know she escaped a dreadful marriage raised my brother and i on her own my brother who's seven years older than me and for her, she was a government doctor. So she wasn't this like baller doctor that you think of. She, you know, we can't, we had like very, you know, basic upbringing, but all that really mattered to her was 
you boys need to stand on your own two feet. You boys need to stand on your own two feet was the mantra growing up. And for her, us becoming doctors was the way to do it because that's how she was able to escape a horrible marriage, bring her family over from India. You know, there were nine of us living in a three bedroom apartment in the projects when I, when I was really little. Um, and, you know, just develop a life for us. And education was everything. That's all that mattered. But being an entrepreneur was not the way to go uh, because that was risky. So she actually, my brother has his own very successful practice. He's an ophthalmologist in the Philly area. And, you know, as you know, I'm a dermatologist in New York City. And, you know, she actually discouraged us from taking the risk of starting our own practices because it was just, it was too risky. Like, well, God forbid it failed. How are we going to stand on our own two feet? You know, so, you know, she was very supportive of us becoming doctors, but she wasn't, you know, supportive of us being entrepreneurs. Right. No, I, I, I get it. My, my dad was an optometrist in North Carolina. And so it was pretty much like, I think there was that, you know, they come out of that generation too, right? That um, my grandparents were immigrants. They came through Ellis Island. They come through, they work, you know, they have, they're like, oh my gosh, you got to have something that gives you that certainty, that security so that you've got a career to, to and a degree to have, right? So what yeah. gave you, what made you, to say, you know, to decide that you're going to take that risk. So I always knew, I just knew my personality and uh, I just knew I could never work for somebody. I, I, I just can't, you know, I, I, I work well with others, but I don't work well when I'm employed with, by others. Um, you know, I have a very specific vision of what I wanted my practice to be. In fact, when I finished my residency, so my plan was I, I'm, I'm a dermatologist and I'm a dermatopathologist. So I have, I have like sort of two things going on. And when I first finished my fellowship in dermatopathology, I was working a couple of days a week in the city seeing patients and I was working for a lab a few days a week reading slides, you know, so I'd like sort of two different jobs going on. And I, my plan was, I'm going to do this for a few years, you know, kind of get my feet wet, learn a little bit, you know, kind of earn while I learn. And then I'll eventually start my own practice. My goal was always to start my own practice. But after doing this for like three or four months, I was miserable. I was, you know, I just didn't, I, I like, I love the doctor I worked for. He's, he's one of my mentors and, you know, he, he was great, but the practice wasn't really what I envisioned being a dermatologist. You know, I imagine being like in this slick modern mm -hmm. office and having like a sleek desk and, you know, just a really sort of cool state-of-the-art office. And, uh, you know, my wife came from a very different background. You know, she, she grew up with a very entrepreneurial family. She, they, you know, they were very, very successful. Um, and you know, she has that sort of bug in her, like, you know, kind of just do it. Like, why don't you just do it? So I had a, my daughter was maybe I don't know, three or four months old. Um, I don't know. I think my wife's actually, no, my daughter's a few months old. And my wife told me, she's like, why don't you borrow money and start a practice? And, you know, we had, we flipped an apartment during that time. So we were sitting on like a very little bit of cash. And she basically told me, use all the money that we have as, as like a down payment and borrow money from the bank, literally every dollar that we had. And I borrowed a million dollars from Citibank in 2008, right before the market crashed. The market crashed that year. I borrowed money that summer. I got my loan. And you, you can never get a loan like that anymore. It doesn't matter what no. you do. Right. Um, and I was broke as a joke. My wife and I were both broke, you know, because she basically everything that we had saved, she trusted, she invested in me basically. Um, and I started my practice. I hung my shingle up. I didn't have a single patient and just started from scratch. I was actually working another full-time job while I was doing it. And I had my own lab that I kind of started too. So I was working like three jobs, working seven days a week, trying to build this thing. And uh, it worked. That's crazy. Well, you know, it's, uh, I didn't have that. Um, I have the opposite story of 2008. <laughs> you know? um, moved to Las Vegas. It was a, you know, interesting time with regards to, but I love what you said. You know, I think that 
my friend has a great saying. He goes, you either, you either decide you're all in or you're all out, but no wishy-washy dilly-dally stuff in the middle. And it sounds that's definitely how you live your life. We're going to go all in with regards to this. I want to talk a little bit about, especially now, I mean, you're in New York and um, just some tips for people as they're going through these times with regards to their confidence, which you've seen to really help people when they feel that self-confidence just as either they've lost it, you know, they, or they're, they're, they're hungry to get their mojo back. What would yeah. be some tips you would say for them? So there's a couple of things. So you know, I think the quarantine period, you know, which we all went through is, was kind of a defining period for a lot of folks, you know, like either, and there's no judgment. I mean, this is just kind of the way things are like, you know, either you let yourself go and, you know, you kind of gain the quarantine, you know, the COVID-19 in terms of pounds and, you know, and everyone, I'm guilty of this too. Everyone's like drinking a little bit more and kind of hanging out a little bit more just because there was like so much, I've never had that much downtime in my entire life. I've never been home so much. But on the flip side, you could also say, okay, you know what? I, I have all this time now and, you know, I can't do, I can't make an income. Like, you know, I can't work right now, but there's other things that I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, it's always kind of like the glass has to be half full and, you know, I have to be productive in some aspect. I, something has to be happening. You know, I got to be moving somewhere. So like for me, that, that was like, a time that I've never, I'll never be able to get back with my family. You know, I've never spent so much time with my kids. You know, we got another dog, um, yeah. just, you know, all these beautiful things that, you know, for our family, like we're closer than ever because of that period that we all spent together. You know, everyone was so busy running a million different ways, but kids going to their, all their sports and their activities, you know, just getting this frenzy and you just kind of this, you know, okay, you know, we split up at eight in the morning. We'll meet you at six o'clock for dinner. And then everyone's so exhausted. Like, you know, you don't really know, you kind of lose who every individual is in your family. And, you know, we really got that back. And, you know, that I thought was amazing. And that's something I think anyone can do. You, know, you can really say, okay, you know what? Like I love playing guitar and I fell in love with my guitar again. I started playing tons of music and really getting into it. I, you know, um, that's something that I was never able to do. I was never able to sit around and practice guitar for like three hours a day. And I could do that now, you know? Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a gym, uh, at my house and you know i used this time my wife was home and she's always working and you know she's a dentist the dentist actually had to completely shut down so she was home and she's a great cook and she was like cooking and so i was like oh, this is a great time for me to like you know work on gaining some more muscle i can eat clean and i can work out um you know so i set little goals for myself and basically what i'm trying to drive at is the way anyone is is fulfilled and that ultimately leads to you being happy is setting a goal and then every single day, no matter what, I don't care how tired you are, I don't care how hungover you are, um, you get that one win a day that gets you one step closer to your goal. And you know, those wins, they add up. And you know, yeah. it takes a long time, but you can't let yourself fail the day. Like, and that's one thing, like, you know, I'm all about being kind to yourself, but you have to be hard on yourself when it comes to getting your one win for the day. Oh, I love that. That's a great, that's a great line. You have to be, you know, be kind to yourself, but you also have to like kick yourself in the butt a little bit as well. It's so true. Like I remember when I wrote my first book that it was like, not everybody was writing a book back then, you know, it was like you had to be a celebrity and it was 25 years ago. It was right before I had my son, when I just had my son. And um, I was like, I'm just going to take 15 minutes a day, no matter what, when everybody goes to sleep, 
15 minutes a day, whether it's doing research on something, whether it's writing two articles, whether it's writing about something that I'm grateful for. It's funny, my husband, my husband, uh, he picked up the guitar too. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You're going to do the guitar and I'm going to sing. And that didn't last very long because he was really good at the guitar and I was not so good at, at singing, but you're right. Like it got, I think that that paused, um, you know, that mandatory pause that we all had got us to, uh, that opportunity to say what really is most important. And now as long as we just keep that momentum going, right? right. You also talked about something interesting uh, and I'll just, I'm just gonna obviously, cause I've been in the world, you know, with Tony for so long, Tony always talks about that there's the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And when you were sharing your story, it sounded like, yeah, you know, I, had the art of achievement, but I was really missing that fulfillment in my life. And is that what's caused you to also just get the book going as well? Could you talk a little bit more about the totally, book? Yeah. So it's interesting. So the, the book kind of came from uh, one of my patients, actually, who's like, a, she's a celebrity like nutritionist and she's very well known and has done like all these amazing things. And I was just talking to her, you know, I'm like pretty close with a lot of my patients and I was just, you know, BSing with her when, when she was in to see me just about like what my vision is for what I want to do. You know, like, you know, I basically want to touch as many lives as I can with positivity and, you know, empowerment. And she's like, well, you know, she got, she got a lot of stuff going on, you know, like you're very well known as a, as a doctor, you have a bunch of articles and stuff like that. But, you know, people are, are going to ask you at some point, you know, where's your book? And, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of put the seed in my head. And uh, once the seeds in my head, then I do everything I can to fertilize it. So right. it grows, you know, or if it's bad seed, I do everything I can to kill it. Um, but uh, so then I, I kind of was like all in. I was like, OK, so, you know, I really do need to write a book. I have all these great ideas and all these like, you know, things that I want to talk about in my book. But how am I going to actually sit down and like and write a book with, you know, my two practices, my dramatopathology lab, my three kids, my wife. So it's going to be really, really hard. It's going to take me 10 years probably to like to do it and do it right <laughs> if I just do it myself. So I was like, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Gary Vee had a, had a co-writer, you know, David Goggins had a co-writer. All these folks had like co-writers. I was like, maybe that's what I need, a co-writer. You know, so, I, so then I, I reached out to Gary Vee's co-writer. Um, I found who, actually, who she was and I sent her an email. And she's like, well, I'm like booked up for like the next like 10 years. So, but you can go to like this resource and see if you can find somebody. So, like, okay, cool. So I went to that resource literally right after I got, you know, communicated with her and I put down, you know, you put down what your vision is and what your book's going to be about, et cetera. And I got like a thousand, I'm not kidding, like a thousand responses. Um, and uh, the first person I talked to is this guy, he's a, he was an older guy from, uh, he lives in San Francisco, but he's from the Bronx, a, a retired attorney who's a writer. And we just connected. It was just like instantly magical. I didn't even talk to anybody else. I was like, all right, man, you're my guy. Let's just do this, you know? And I'm, all, I'm very decisive. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, because listen, I could have probably written this book with 10 different people, you know? Right. But I was like, you know, this is works. Yeah, everything seems fine. So we'll make it work. You know, so we'll get it. And and it was, it was the most amazing thing. So I started writing the book in, in um, September of 2019, I guess. And it was amazing. Like those first few months was the best part. Was that right? September 2019? Yeah. So the, the most amazing part of the book was the initial part where we basically right. we'd have these like three hour long conversations. He would record them. And then, you know, he would kind of, we kind of like put together what the chapters of the book are going to be. And then he would like, kind of like, based on our discussion, kind of, you know, just type it up, you know, essentially it was a transcript, send it back yeah. to me. And then I would rewrite it, send it back to him. And then, you know, that's kind of how we, we could develop the system in the first few months. And, you know, I actually finished the book during quarantine. Cause I was like around, you know, I was able to do so much and, um, that's it. And then the book came out Then I didn't realize once the book was done, I didn't realize that that's when the, you know, cause you've written so many books. 
that that's kind of like when the work starts. Right. Like I didn't realize, I was like, okay, the book is done. All right, you know, here we go. <laughs> but I finished the book probably in April or May. And I was like, oh shit, what do I do now? Like, you know, how do I, how do I make this a book? It was just like a manuscript. And I was like, oh my God, I gotta do all these other things. Like, you know, you have to get, first of all, you gotta get, get it like edited. Then you have to typeset it, make sure the pages are good. You gotta design the cover. You have to get <laughs> testimonials. I was like, the work really began. So then I started really hustling on that part of it. And then a book actually came out on Christmas day. I checked Amazon and the book was on. You gotta get your distributor. You gotta figure out how to get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble stuff. And then all it was on, you know, Christmas day. That was my Christmas present. It just popped up. It was just pretty cool. Literally popped up. Did it just pop up? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. I think a lot of people, I think everybody should write a book personally. You know, I think that everybody's got a story to tell. Um, but I love what you, there's so many great things that you shared there. It's like chemistry is huge. Like when you're working with somebody, I don't think people realize the same thing happened with me with a friend of mine when I was doing one of my books, I was like, you know, a bunch of people, there were a bunch of people I, I wanted, I was thinking about doing it with. And one day she came with me, came to visit me. And I'm like, we just need to sit down and we just jammed for hours, right? With regards to it. So what, what, what part um, in the, what are you most excited about in the book? Like that you think that everybody needs to remember in the yeah, you know, actually, I love the very, very beginning of the book, like why I wrote the book, um, which, you know, it's kind of some of the stuff that we touched on earlier, you know, like what what my epiphany was. And, you know, it's in the very, very, very beginning book. It's kind of, you know, it just kind of sets the tempo and sets the, you know, the tone of the book. And then, you know, each of the chapters has its own special part. You know, there's a chapter where I talk about what my core values and how important it is defining core values for yourself. I talk about my fitness transformation. Um, you know, it's... Uh, they're all special in their own way, but you know, I sort of the beginning is a comprehend. It's, it just kind of sets the tone for the whole book and why and why I did it. And that to me is the most special part. I love it. I love it. And then you know, I was. It's funny that you've talked some. I love what um, you've been talking a lot about, like Gary V and some of the other people. That it sounds like that you've gotten some great tips from and modeling. Right? We talk a lot about modeling. Yeah. If you want to get great success, follow what other people have done. Totally. And um, and I love. Obviously, you took their advice with regards to TikTok. So, how the heck did you decide to freaking do that? <laughs> that I'll tell TikTok? you a funny story about TikTok. So, so actually, I went to Gary V's. He has a 4D session. So, in like May of 2018, I was like, you know, I started posting to Instagram every day. I posted to Instagram every single day for over three years. I haven't missed one day ever, no matter even if I'm on vacation, even if I'm sick. You know, I always, I've never missed a day. That's a personal goal I have for myself to do that. So after doing it and realizing, wow, it's, it's actually kind of harder. It's kind of hard to do that. Um, and, you know, I read Gary Vee's Crushing It. And that's where I kind of got inspired to do this. I was like, you know, maybe I need to go, you know, go to the source and find out, like, you know, get some tips. So I went to his 4D session and, um, you know, you basically, it's like 10 entrepreneurs and you kind of go around the room and every, everyone there was actually like a real, like legitimate entrepreneur. Like they just sold. I just sold my company for like $50 million or like, I just sold my company for a hundred million dollars. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like a, a lowly, you know, dermatologist from New York city. Um, but he goes around the room and he kind of, he asks you, you know, he kind of gets like a little sense of like what you're about. And that gives you like one tip kind of, you know, you're with him for an hour, but you're with his team for the rest of the day. So he, he said to me, he's like, you know, do you have, I was telling him what I was doing. Like I was editing the videos myself and like creating all the content myself. And, you know, it was taking so much time. He's like, well, if you have the resources to deploy it, you should hire a videographer, like, you know, his, like a D-Rock. So that night I put an ad out on Craigslist and I started, you know, I hired a videographer, you know, and then we just started making much, you know, we started making video content. And now I have like an awesome content producer who's been with me for a year, over a year. 
And, you know, we, it's, it's great, you know, so that's, that was a big, so I learned that from Gary, you know, success leaves clues, success leaves clues, you know, and you got to be able to learn from people who are, no one's, you're almost never doing something for the first time. So, you know, if you can find someone that's done it, you know, emulate what they've done, you know, because obviously it works. So with TikTok, Gary's like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. So I was like, all right, I guess we got to get on TikTok. So, you know, I talked to my content guy, Ayush, and I said, let's, we got to do some TikTok. So we started posting stuff on TikTok. So pimple pops have worked for me on every platform, you know, so I mean, YouTube is based on pimple pops. My Instagram is based on pimple pops. And then, the, then those pimple pop lovers start kind of spilling into my other content. Right. Yep. So we said, okay, let's just work on every other platform. Let's put some pimple pops up on TikTok. They, I put it up, they would take it down, violated the content guidelines. I was like, that doesn't work. I put up some videos of me doing Botox, took that down. That didn't work. I put up some other stuff, you know, just like regular, some mindset, motivational stuff. None of it hit. None of it hit. Like it was just like not nothing was happening. So this was December twenty third, twenty nineteen. Uh, I remember, and I told I told Ayush, my videographer, I said, "Dude, I was like, I'm done with TikTok." So I've been really from September till December, nothing was hitting. You know, I was at it literally posting all the time. They were either taking my videos for down two months, for two months. You were posting every day, two months. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like three months. You know, I was, yeah. I was it was about three months and posting all kinds of stuff. You know, like to see what would hit nothing, nothing hit. So I told Ayush on December 23rd, I was about to fly down to Miami with my family. We went to, we go to Miami every time, every year, except for last year, obviously because of COVID. Um, I said, listen, let's just try one more pimple pop, man. Let's just see if it hits. So I posted a pimple popping video on December. It was like four or five o'clock on December 23rd. By Christmas day, it had over 7 million views. And it went from my TikTok account went from like 1500 followers to like 40,000 in like a day. I was like, I was like, we did it. We got it. So I started posting more pimple pops. You know, that week when I was in Miami, every day I'd post one. Then TikTok took that video that had 70 million views. TikTok took it down. And they started, I was like this nonstop battle with TikTok where they would like take the video down from violating their community guidelines. And, you know, so I was going back and forth and my my TikTok started to grow from 40,000 to 80,000 to 100,000. And I was at the point where I probably had like 150,000 TikTok followers. And then I posted three, this was in January, end of January, I posted three videos in a row that violated their community guidelines, which were like, the, these videos, they're nothing crazy about them. They're like pimple pops that are on every other platform. Right. And then TikTok took my whole account down. But, and literally, I went to post something like, your account is gone. And there's like a little button on the bottom and you click it if you want to appeal it. So I sent in an appeal and I started another TikTok account, you know, and then like a week later that I got my TikTok, well, it was a week, maybe a couple of days, whatever, I got my TikTok account back. My original TikTok account. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I so just- I realized I TikTok was figuring it out at the time, like what's appropriate content, what's not. Like my content, it's graphic. You know, they're pimple pops, and you know, it's not for everybody. But it's not like I'm violent or there's nothing like that. They're medical procedures. So at some point, TikTok basically realized that this is not, you know, this is not a bad guy. He's not posting bad content. This is just content that's on every other platform. And now they haven't really messed with me. And then literally a month later, I got verified on TikTok. Wow. It's, just, it's been such like a battle with them. And now my TikTok card is just kind of, you know, because it's like peaks and troughs, but it's like slowly growing. Um, but, you know, there's yeah. a lot that you said there, you know, when I think back to just personal development, you know, so many people, they go, oh, people aren't, you know, it's not getting any traction. Nothing's getting any traction. I'm doing, I'm posting, I'm doing all of these things. And instead of just going, well, that's not working. I better change my approach, right? I'm sure you've had to do that. And then, well, that doesn't work. I need to change my approach again. And then I need to change my approach again. Or or you talk so much about, you know, we always talk about the person that's most resourceful always wins, right? I mean, what kept you going? Because I think when you think about, I mean, you know, I I, I think that, 
you know, I, I know, I mean, I know what it is for me, what keeps me going. Right. But I think everybody's wondering what, why do some people like you, like you said, it's interesting you saying like, I'm just a, I'm just a dermatologist, you know, in New York city. No, you're not just a dermatologist in, in New York city. You know, with, I mean, you have that hunger, you have that drive, what keeps you going? Cause you could have just gone, you know what? I got a great career I'm doing this, but I'm doing all of these things. And you could have been like, oh, it, it's good. What kept you going to say, I'm going to get this TikTok and it's just going to literally blow up. What kept you going? You know, that, I have to tell you, I was, a, I was at my breaking point, you know, because it was, I really was at my breaking point and I was about ready to give up on it. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes the universe just listens to you, uh, you know, and I, I was just given that little nugget of success and that little nugget of success, even though they took that video down, I just, that's all I needed. And then I got it at just the right time. And it's, you know, I, I really did. And um, it just pulled me right back in. What would have, I think, broken most people is when their entire account was taken down. Cause that yeah. was, it was like devastating. I remember my daughter had a concert at her school that night and I went, you know, and I, when I walked out of the concert, I realized that they took my TikTok account down. And I really remember vividly, we went to get ice cream after. And I was like in the car, I was like driving and I had all my kids with me and my wife. And I was just like, I just felt so like devastated. I was stupid. It was over TikTok, but it's just like I put so much work into this thing. And it was just like, I mean, out of nowhere, just kind of taken away. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just I remember that feeling. And I, I remember like that night I, I talked to I, you know, my video, my content producer. I was like, man, I was like, F it. We're starting another TikTok account. And I started another account that night and I just started posting videos to it. Um, I still have that other account, but there's no content on it except for like the first four videos I posted, you know, out of anger. <laughs> Well, but, you know, you said something interesting because you said, you know, it's not like it just was, you know, somebody, it was taken away, you know, it was, yeah. I remember my, um, my middle son is a, is he had grown his um, vine videos. He was doing vine with videos in 2008 when I read crush it back then, like, I was like, mm -hmm. man, I should have like really taken, <laughs> taken, really listened to Gary back then in 2008, right. Or 2000, whenever that was 2000, I remember thinking I read in 2010, the book. Um, and he grew a, he was only 11 years old at the time, I think. Yeah, he was 11 years old and he started doing these Vine videos and he grew the Vine videos to over a million followers. And then, like wow. you said, that feeling of when someone, when it's just gone, when it just disappears yeah. and it's literally taken away. But I think that's kind of what gives you the drive to go, oh, okay, you, I'm in control of this. I think it makes you yeah. go, oh, oh really? You know, no, I think so. I think I'm going to do something. Then he went to Instagram and has grown huge accounts as well. But let's talk a little bit about um, I just love talking to you. I hope it's all right that we just keep going for a little bit yeah. more. Can you talk a little bit about just, um, I don't know, things that people can do today to feel happier? Like you said, you're back. You know, you got people. Are you back in to work and people people are coming yeah. back in and sharing about yeah. their experiences throughout this year? What can people do today to feel, you know, just to make it even a little bit better today? Listen, yeah. I think the first thing is you, you have to, you have to have a roadmap. You have to like set a roadmap for yourself and then you have to like follow the map. Um, I think, and I, I'm, I was guilty of this. I wasn't li living a goal oriented life. I was just living life. And I had like sort of these ambiguous or sort of, you know, like poorly defined goals, you know, like, and you can't do that. You can't say, I want to lose weight. You know, that doesn't work. It has to be, I want to lose 10 pounds in six months because I want to fit into that suit that I love that I don't fit into anymore. 
or whatever your reason is, you know, like I'm a big believer in setting, you know, those quote unquote smart goals, you know, um, it's very important because what you can do today is get your one win that gets you closer to your goal. And that win is all you need. That win is all you need to move you forward to get your next win. And then let me tell you, you get like five or six wins or seven wins under your belt. You're not going to want to lose a day because you're not going to have that feeling of losing the day. Um, right, you, you know, get momentum, right? And you're like, course. you get momentum and you're like, wow, this is great. I love of this. Right? I love how I feel. Right. Yeah. And, like, and that, that applies to anything. You know, it applies to your professional life. It applies to your personal life. I'm going to tell my wife, I love her five times today, you know, and I'm not going to lose the day. Like I have to get that in, you know, I'm going to tell my, I'm going to make sure I kiss every one of my kids at night before they go to bed. Um, you know, whatever the goal is, but then you have to execute the goal. You have to execute <laughs> what that daily win is. And you should have like 10 daily wins you need to get, you know, there should be some professional ones. There should be some personal ones. You know, there, sh there should be, you know, so just whatever it is, but you set your goals, you know, like I want to drink this much water today. I'm going to eat this many grams of protein today. Uh, I want to walk this many steps today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be present when I see my patients today, you know, whatever it is, you know, just, but you have to do it then. You know, it's so funny. Sometimes I tell people to make it. You remember when you were a little kid and you had like your stars, like that you would give yourself a star, like when you would do it. Yeah. Sometimes just to get back in momentum, give yourself, you, it feels good to like acknowledge yourself, like, oh my God, I'm actually got to, I'm actually doing it. I'm actually doing the do, right? I love this one topic they said I could ask you about because I want to know about this. Why anxiety and depression can actually, um, make you look worse. Yeah. Um, so listen, the body is, everything's connected in the body. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I think, you know, most doctors as compartmentalized as we are, we're all like sort of view the body, but quite holistically. And, you know, there's a whole host of hormone things that happen when you're anxious or depressed, you know, cortisol levels start to spike and, you know, your skin hates that. You know, even like when you're tired, if you have a bad night's sleep, your skin looks crappy the next day, you know, because all of those events are, you know, you might be a little dehydrated, your cortisol is, is spiking, you know, all of these things are bad for your body. They're bad for your skin too. You know, they're bad for your heart. They're bad for your digestive system. You know, a lot of folks get like, you know, irritable bowels, like, you know, when they're having like, you know, what are any emotional issues or anxiety or stress, um, or get headaches or, you know, whatever it is, it's all the same. Your skin is the same. Your skin is your, the organ that you see, you know? So you, anything that's going on in here is going to be reflected on your skin. Yeah. I just looked at my, I, my mom is, as I share with you, I'm here visiting my mom and she's literally been, my brother's had her on full lockdown here. She took her, we just took her to She's, first time she's been out since March the 1st to go to Target. And so we got her, you know, she's 86 years old. And the one thing that my mother always made me promise that I would take care of, I mean, is my skin, you know? And um, and so I look at her today and I'm like, wow, at 86 years old, I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm going to keep doing those things my mom <laughs> suggested that I do because it's it's magnificent. You know, she really does all the right thing. But I think the biggest thing was her been, has been her mindset this year. You know, I look to see like how she has not been around any, literally no people. Like it's all been just FaceTime. It's all been Zoom and um, just her, her mindset. Like you, you know, just, you know, talking about like what she does. I mean, she, every day 
she's she's hustling even if it's just hustling around her apartment you know what i mean but she and she's just and i think that that whole making sure she doesn't have what i would call stinking thinking right she is what keeps her looking good and it sounds yeah. like that's what it's perfect what you did what you're doing now and i'm excited to learn more about what you do so tell us how how people can find out more about the book because you saw somebody jump on the line of have a group uh, an inner circle group and i want to get them all your book because uh they're going to love it so tell us how to find your book how to find out more about you and everything okay, um, yeah so the book you get on amazon barnes and noble wherever you buy books called let's get it looks like this this little orange book um there's a link on it my instagram page i post instagram every day it's it's dr underscore mudgill at dr underscore mudgill there's actually a link to it in my profile uh to the amazon site um uh, tiktok up the same handle at dr underscore mudgill there you'll find mostly pimple pops although i'm trying to expand uh into some other types of content there as well uh, my youtube channel dr mudgill youtube channel i have lots of content on there we, we, we post there a few times a week um and uh do I'm missing anything. Oh, my, I have a website, drbudgill.com. Uh, I said YouTube. Yeah, that's it. And I'm also, I also <laughs> have a podcast. I also want to give some books away. So I want people to text 26786, text true to 26786 so that they can give us some feedback, you know, that why they want the book and then give us feedback about the book once you get it. But I will be giving books away. I do, I do love, love to give things away. Now, there is one final question that I must ask you that I ask everyone, what do you do? What's one thing that you do to stay true to yourself every single day? So I, I'm not an overly, I'm not, a, I would say I'm not a religious, religious person, but I, I do consider myself a spiritual person. And uh, it's very common for Indians in their homes to have like a little prayer space called like a Lamunder, which is like, you know, like a little temple. And, you know, every day, no matter what, even if I shower twice a day, every day after I take a shower, I, I go into that. It's in, it's in like a big closet, but it's like, you know, it's its own little space. And, you know, for five minutes, you know, for the five minutes after I take a shower, I always go in there and just, you know, I, and it's all about gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sort of, I thank God and I, and I pray or whatever the higher spirit is. And I, and I pray for my family, my friends, my patients and me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I do that every, like, it's like a ritual every time. If I, like I said, if I shower three times a day, I do that three times a day. Um, but it's just something that gets my head right. It puts me in a place of gratitude. I love that. Well, that's, it has been a pleasure being with you. Please don't go away, but um, so I'm going to talk to you in just a minute, but thank you so much for joining us. This is very exciting. I look forward to doing more with you and getting to know more about you and help you support your mission and all that you're doing. You're an amazing man. And thanks for everything that you do in the world. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. How awesome was today? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends to join as well. I'm here for you with fabulous content, great guests, and lots of giveaways. To learn more of how I have taken what I've learned, applied it to my life, helped others find their true voice, text TRUE to 26786, which will give you my top tune-ups and a complimentary 15-minute discovery call with one of our coaches. And remember, keep in touch with me on Instagram at I am Lauren Lahav, Facebook, Lauren Lahav Official, Clubhouse, Lauren Lahav. Make sure you text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. Text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. And remember to always stay true to the amazing person you are.